0: Hey, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm here with Vubang. What's up, Vubang? What's up? And uh, we just watched the final, epic final preseason matchup between the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors. And uh, and that's the shortest preseason in history, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and um but i, I watched the game it's because i've been so starved for warriors basketball i will watch uh juan Toscano anderson
1: all day yeah and he was plus 7 he day. was plus plus 7 wow <laughs> yeah okay yeah 16 minutes
0: yeah yeah so um what did you think of uh of these guys just your
1: impressions yeah i just i just want to start by saying you know i, I read that in the preseason they're letting the, the, the teams pick between two games and four games and the Warriors decided to go with three, um, which was interesting, you know, getting a, a bunch of reps in. And then the whole back and back back to back thing, the home and home, playing Sacramento twice, that's not a big deal. Like it was just as enjoyable to watch the same team. It's just like in baseball when you have like a home stand against the Yankees for three games in a row. I didn't mind seeing the Kings twice in a row. No, no,
0: um, because I really like, so far, (laughs) watching Tyrese Halliburton play. um, I've talked about this before, uh, after the last Kings game, um, when I did a solo podcast, uh, and I just think he's going to be a fun player to watch. He has like all the intangibles. He kind of reminds me of Sean Livingston and Andre Godala out there, just in terms of his instincts and uh, making the right play, you know. He blocked Steph once and I was like,
1: "Oh, okay. That's not that's not easy." <laughs> I thought it was cool too right? Did you didn't he do a steal as well? It was pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, yeah, he 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 has a lot of those just smart plays in the right spot at the right time. And uh, I was bummed that Wiseman didn't play because I really would have enjoyed seeing him play regardless, but particularly against Hassan Whiteside, who everybody uh compared him to for some reason.
1: Yeah, he's listed as a did not play rest because there's probably not an option for did not play COVID. <laughs> yeah. Although there probably probably should be. Let's let's start with Halliburton. I mean I just I don't know what it is. It's just really fun to watch him play. Um you know just this week Nate Silver uh, came out a list of the top six projected players based on NCAA play, and he listed Halliburton as number one, Wiseman two, and Anthony Edwards number three. I know that list can kind of, seems kind of weird, um, but now that I'm seeing Halliburton twice, I mean, he's he's amazing. Like, do you think he has a, a higher ceiling than most people think? Or I do.
0: From the very outset, people talked about him being a good fit on the Warriors, and he was always talked about as one of the first guys getting picked in the first half of the lottery. And then he fell to 12, right? Was that where it was? 11 or 12 or something. 12. And I thought that was ridiculous. And the whole, i had read this on a, on a, in an article that, Oh, maybe uh, the Warriors should trade their Minnesota pick for a second pick in the 2020 lottery and try to get somebody else. And when Halliburton fell to 12, I was like, Oh, shit they should have done that
1: yeah i think that minnesota pick is worth more than 75 percent of the warriors players right <laughs> now
0: i'm so yeah i'm really excited uh about that pick but um we will get to that later uh yeah but Halliburton, man he's he's long he's he's got uh uh long ass arms he's skinny but he, he just has a nose for the ball and he just seems savvy and when you look at his stats from iowa state uh, well, I, I think he was somewhere in the mid teens and points and then somewhere with like six assists, six rebounds. I mean, that's, that's solid. That's well-rounded right there.
1: Yeah. He shot, um, 50% from the field, um, field goals and three pointers. And then, uh, he was plus 11 today with seven points. I mean, I guess they're easing him in, but I mean, I, I, I just want to see him play more and more.
0: Yeah. I wonder how, or when he'll eventually crack the starting lineup. Um, I don't know. Is is Buddy Hield? Are starting two guards, or was he coming off the bench last season?
1: He's just starting. Yeah, he's starting. But I think they're talking about when when they talked about drafting Halliburton, they were talking about sliding him um, down or coming off the bench. But they're paying him way too much money to to have him come off the bench. Yeah. Any other observations? I mean, are we are we sure Ubre's not a good three point shooter? He sure as hell looked good tonight. He looked smooth,
0: man. That le- that lefty uh, three point shot, that jumper. I mean, it's. I'm a I'm a fan of this dude.
1: He was four, six from three point today. Wow. Plus nineteen. Yeah, uh,
0: both he and Wiggins really showed out. Uh, Ubre's impressed me since he's joined the squad. You know, just the effort is good, and hopefully he, you know isn't just some guy who's like a streaky shooter, but somebody that actually gets consistent and matures as a basketball player. Um, yeah, I think he's a good pickup. I'm, when he was draining all those threes, I was like, man, can you imagine this team with Klay Thompson out there?
1: <laughs> the, whole, the whole game, I was like, yeah, we're missing a seven-foot-one center, uh, a power forward that can distribute the ball, and a two-guard that plays both ways and shoots threes. <laughs> that would, that's what would round out the team I saw today. A guy that shoots like
0: 40% plus from three point land.
1: What, one thing that I sort of thought about, I don't know if I, I, I sort of heard this, but I wanted to touch upon it a little bit deeper is even if Clay Thompson was not injured for this year, I mean, half the players on this team are just not playoff ready. I mean, either way, this is going to be sort of the, the warrior's, 2013 2014 year like losing to the clip like they need a they need that first round loss they need that loss to the clippers for them to get that edge um you know even with clay it's sort of we're, we're pushing the maybe the second or third round but in some cases this is still going to be sort of a, a quote-unquote learning year uh, for most teams learning is uh just hopefully making the playoffs, but. For us, it's you know just being able to get those minutes in um, with the young guys, and then coming back next year pretty strong.
0: Yeah, um, I think that I've come to terms with Clay being out, and I actually saw them, and I'm not the only one. I think Richard Jefferson on the broadcast at the in the fourth quarter was saying that he would have put the Warriors in contention if Clay hadn't gotten hurt, and I would have too. You know, you move everybody down a spot. I think that with the growing pains of a shortened season and trying to get acclimated to each other and having guys not play for a long time, including Steph, who didn't even play. He basically played five games in the last year or something. So I don't know. I, at this point, I'll be happy if they make the playoffs, uh, show some progress with their younger guys, figure out who they're going to keep, whether Wiggins is going to be somebody they want to hold on to, whether they want to resign Ubre, and where that Minnesota pick is going to land, you know, and, and that's where I see the, uh, the, the bridge, you know, to the franchise moving past Steph, past Draymond, past Clay, and those guys will be around still for a long time. And so, you know, I think they could teach some guys, Richard Jefferson also said that he thought that this Warrior squad, as currently constituted, was a four to five seed. I was like, all right, Richard, Richard Jefferson, who I used to despise when he was on the Cavs, and he was speaking glowingly about Steph and Draymond and Steve Kerr.
1: So it doesn't matter the difference between a four to five seed to a seven, eight play in seed to a just barely missed the playoffs seed in the West, mm-hmm. because we're talking about a three game difference between all those teams. Um, just how good the West is like, it could be very well that the Warriors miss the playoffs by one game or their fourth seed by being ahead yeah. two or three games from the eighth seed. It's going to be a weird season. Like I don't, I'm not obviously thinking about things in terms of 72 games, but um, it's going to be a weird, wacky season. I'm excited for the play-in tournament because I feel like it's always going to be top of mind for the whole season. This is a fun team to watch. Maybe it's because we were just not fun to watch last year, uh, but this is a fun. Like this, the floor is league pass team, and the ceiling is um, you know the four to five.
0: Yeah, and the, you can even tell like a big difference between the first Kings game and this one uh there was more cohesion they kind of knew their spots a little bit better and now that you had pascal back in the lineup and you had him on the second unit i look at the second unit last game and i was like holy shit who the hell is going to score on this team you know and that's why they're <laughs> pushing uh so much defensive effort because they're going to have to stop people from scoring because they won't be able to score themselves sometimes but you know the Second unit lineup that they rolled out of Pascal, Bazemore, Wiggins, uh Wanamaker,
1: and uh, Marquise Chris. I was like, Oh, that's that's that has potential. This is a really good backup for, for Steph. I mean, Wanamaker is pretty good. Like I don't feel scared anymore when Steph steps out and Wanamaker jumps in.
0: He reminds me of what Jared Jack used to do a little bit. Yeah, he's steady and uh I I I dig it. And he hit a couple threes, I think. He missed a couple free throws, which for a guy who shot 93% last year, I was surprised about. But the dude is tough, knows how to play. And I think that second unit that I just named, you know, they have potential once they kind of get some minutes together uh, to to do some stuff. And then if you mix in maybe a Looney, maybe a Wiseman, maybe pool as options on that second unit, it'll be fun. You know, like I, I'm excited. I'm just looking forward to uh, some progress and some entertaining basketball. I have no, I have no uh, fantasies of title contention. I would like to just see them like mess with people in the playoffs once they get there.
1: I don't think anybody is pretty clear about the playoffs this year. I mean, this is, we have higher COVID cases now than during the bubble. And they're just, they're just like, Sure like pop is just going to put a mask on and fly all over the country because it's, it's, it's better now. So who knows what's going to happen in the playoffs? Like, I really think it's going to be a level playing field. So I'm excited. Maybe I'm just being overly optimistic.
0: I'm excited just because it's going to be so strange and nothing that we've seen. I mean, obviously there was the bubble, but as warriors fans and however they execute this season and the playoffs, it's, it's going to be odd.
1: So about the game, I had a few other observations. Um, what did you think about Whiteside? I mean, he was just, he was barely jumping and getting rebounds. Like, are we, are you worried about the length? I am. Our lack of length. Yeah, I'm a
0: little worried about that. Uh, obviously Wiseman's on the squad, but in the past there's always been like another dude who was taller than six nine at least, who you could just throw in there and, and body up against someone. Because what if. Wiseman isn't able to handle like every single dude. You don't want him to get beat up too much during this season. And also, I I wonder actually if Wiseman's going to hit a wall once he starts playing. I think they'll probably be smart and bring him along uh, properly. But, you know, these 72 games are going to come really fast, faster than usual, right? So, and he hasn't played and he's supposedly been training a lot and he's in good shape, but we'll see.
1: Well, we know he's good for three games, right? (laughs)
0: exactly maybe they just play him in like three games every month
1: can you explain to me so you know looking at the um the whole Warriors wingspan issue I mean how how much does that make up for the lack of height um you know there's this graphic that came up that showed Draymond Oubre Wiggins Pascal Uh, Looney and Wiseman all have seven foot to seven foot six wingspans, even though not all of them, I mean, all of them, except for um, Wiseman max out at six foot nine in some ways, isn't that a good thing? Just sort of, you, you're just smaller and more athletic, but then you have the wingspan of a seven, seven foot four player. Gosh. That's
0: great. Unless there's some dude like Whiteside who you can't rebound or get around, right? That guy's just big. Uh wingspans are great for passing lanes for getting rebounds over dudes who are your height or maybe a little bit taller. Uh so in general, that's that's a that's a net positive. But I just think we're seeing with Whiteside with Jokic in the first preseason game that it's always good to have somebody who's He's like seven feet tall, you know. Just in case, you know, break glass and in case of emergency.
1: Yeah, I mean, the the tall center in the in the regular season, but like once you get in the playoffs, it might be better just to have the smaller the smaller uh, tweeners with the seven foot wingspans.
0: I want to talk about Wiggins actually, really. Quick. Oh, okay. After the first Kings game, I was a little down on Wiggins because I was like, he didn't seem very assertive. But I guess you know he makes the effort on defense, but you look at tonight. I think that even though he's not like a dead-eye three, I mean, he gets a little streaky. I like him attacking. I'm not a big fan of his spin move that he uses all the time. I don't know if in Minnesota that always worked for him, but it just seems like he kind of loses control. And for all his athleticism, I really, really wish... I I don't know if he can, uh, but I would love to see him finish stronger. He doesn't seem to really dunk that high or that hard and when gets the rim, he just tries to get it off the backboard or float it over somebody's hand. So I'm a little surprised by that. I mean, obviously you look at someone like Oubre who just loves throwing it down. And I wonder if Wiggins has that in his
1: game still. It's all, yeah, that feels like a mentality thing because when Oubre gets within six feet, you're just like, he's going to try to get to the rim, like <laughs> one way or another, like one or two steps, he's going to somehow get Even within inches, with Wiggins, it's sort of like, okay, he's going to spend a few minutes working his way around. Um, But today, I mean, I mean, granted, he got six uh, fouls, but you could say that the fact that you're getting six fouls in a preseason game means you really care, you're really moving on defense, you're really trying. So, you know, just clean it up a bit over the next few games. I would love to see how many games he fouled out in when he was in Minnesota. (laughs) Because he would just disappear. A guy who fouls six times in a game is not somebody who disappears. Like, you're just like, oh, where'd that guy go? It's like he's there.
0: Yeah. And he's clearly trying hard on D and not having watched him too closely in Minnesota. I'm guessing, I'm guessing uh, he looks a lot different on the defensive end than he used to out there.
1: I saw him play in Minnesota and I don't remember anything. (laughs) Like, I totally forgot he was actually playing. So. If that gives you any indication. Like on either end of the court? I just don't recall anything about him. Are you sure all. he was in the game? I'd have to look up my ticket stub. <laughs> yeah, he was in the game. Otherwise, I would have been really pissed off because I didn't know anybody. I mean, who would who would know anybody else on that team at the time?
0: <laughs> was that his rookie year?
1: That would have been his second or third year, I think.
0: I keep forgetting he was rookie of the year. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, let's save that for another episode where we just run down the entire year, the draft year. Okay. <laughs> Um, I just wanted to end it by saying Steph Curry is good at basketball. Yeah, he's he's really good at yeah. basketball.
0: Do you think he's good at cornrows? <laughs> he's.
1: I think I said this before, but he looks like um, the boy, the guy that steals your girlfriend in like '90s um, romantic comedies. <laughs> the guy with the <laughs> all the romantic comedies I watched uh, growing up. In the 90s, I was like, yeah, that guy's that guy's the evil g- boyfriend. That's the, guy, the evil guy that steals your girlfriend. I think it's funny that um, Vivek is just constantly taking ex-Warrior players. I totally forgot that Glenn Robinson III is on the Kings now. He's probably like, oh, he's available? How's that possible? He played for the Warriors. <laughs> Let's get him. I mean, I wanted him back, but I just think it's funny Vivek is just like, I want to be the, uh, the Oakland A's <laughs> to the Warriors-Yankees. Like, that's what I want to be. <laughs>
0: That's another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out at oaklandwarriors.com. All right, I'm out. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Mardo for production support. See you next time and go Dubs.